Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Asking for a Friend. We are now into the other half of our segment called The Actor Life, and I have a very amazing guest with me today, Patrick Chang. Um, and just as a reminder, this is the podcast that does not give you answers necessarily, but absolutely guarantees solidarity. So much love to everybody. So, Patrick. Hello. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad for that disclaimer because I may not have the answers, and I probably don't. But I will stand with you for whatever <laughs> it is, but I just might not have the answers. Unified. Unified. <laughs> um, listeners, just a heads up, I am doing a studio recording in Midtown versus at my usual very, very quiet, gentle spot at home. So if you hear any background noise or ambient noise, uh, be not offended because this is that studio life. So um, let's get in. Let's do this. Yeah. So the actor life. You you are uh, primarily a tele- television and film actor. Yes. We actually, <clears throat> I've only met you like back in March, I think yeah. was the first time I met you. So we haven't known each other too long. No. Um, but I have gotten to know you over the last few months and you are killing it. You're just like booking commercials left and right. Doing okay. You're doing TV, you're yeah. doing a bunch of like indie film work, which yes. is really cool. Um, so I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself like, who are you? Where are you from? What's well, your favorite color? Yes, again, my name is Patrick, and I'm a Jersey boy, and I'm a full-on Jersey boy, like, to the <laughs> T. I'm so East Coast. Um, I've always had New York in my backyard. I was in the office world for way too long, man. The office world? Yes. What were you doing? I was working for a bank. That's I don't so say Asian. Which one. Yeah, right, seriously. <laughs> and it was like the office life, but it was cool while it lasted because I was like... The youngest one on a team of like 12 women so i was like i got away with murder they're like oh patrick he's our baby he can he's cute let him do whatever he wants it was like but that got so old you know what i mean and i was training to be an actor for a good three four years while i was working this job on the weekends i would sneak off to new york and take classes and nobody yeah. knew that i was training to be an actor good for the you whole time i kept it a secret because um, I feel like when it comes to anything that you truly love, you have to protect it no matter what. You got to protect it. And you can't, this is me personally, I don't think you can't be blabbing about it to people because, hmm. you know, you giving just, you away gotta, the magic too. Yeah, so you just got to protect what you love, you know what I mean? And it's like, I, I'm more about moving in silence, you know? And then when you have results, then you can be like, hey, look at this, instead of, you know. I don't know. I respect that. I, I respect that. Yeah, yeah I mean, because you see a lot of actors that are like, oh my God, I'm going to this audition. Oh, it's like, yeah, oh my congrats. God. Yes. So are we. Right. It's like, that's your job. That's, it's that's, like, you know that's I mean? like, yeah, it's like yeah. posting the Instagram story when you're on your way to the office. Like, right. good for you. Right, right, right. You're an adult. Congratulations. Did you get dressed all by yourself this morning? Yay. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was, it's in that, that, that mindset. So I kept it a secret. Um, and then I had a plan to save up enough money to just quit my day job and then pursue acting full time. And um, I had this plan to quit my job, I think it was like March of like 2018. Okay. But then like November of 2017, I got into this huge fight with like some of my managers and then I was like, you know what, man? I don't need this fucking job. I was like, fuck this. So I went in the next day and as soon as I went in, I put in my two week notice and I, and I sent the email and then the managers immediately come to my desk, they're like, Patrick, oh my gosh, are you serious? I'm like, yup. And they're like, oh my God, we're so sorry to see you go. I'm like, yeah, that's that's sweet, thank you so much. And then they left, and then I literally sat there at my desk all day, fucking terrified. I was like, you idiot, you just, you, put your, you gotta get your job back. Like, no, this is terrible, what are you gonna do? So I, I didn't nearly have as much money as I wanted saved up. Um, but I made the leap and still to this day, this is, it's been almost two years now. It's been yeah. like a year and like three quarters of, yeah. you know, and it's yeah. like, I have, I feel like I have not made the wrong decision. 
That's you know? amazing. Yeah, so it was like it was a really ballsy move. And again, even yeah. when I quit my job, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my parents. I didn't. Tell, I was like so devastated and scared. I was yeah. like, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do. Because you're breaking all the rules at that point. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So. Um, so then I quit and then immediately I was like submitting myself and then I started mm-hmm. booking and then it kind of snowballed and then it really was like keeping me afloat for the rest of that year. Again, that was the end of 2017 wow. and I've been only acting since then. Um, Which is amazing because yeah. let's, let's, <clears throat> let's talk about how statistically how much of a unicorn situation that yes, is. So yes. for, for those of you listening that are not in the arts... The shit doesn't usually work like that. <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have to. You're an actor. You need to toil oh in the goodness. non-union trenches, yes. just you know, like hemorrhaging money and taking grenades, taking grenades, <laughs> and you work on shitty things, and you don't get paid, or you oh don't get paid gosh. well because yeah. you need to build up your name and you need to build up your reputation. And when you're unrepresented or just starting out, yeah. TV and film is a million times harder. You cannot get into those rooms that you want to be in so because it's so tough and it's so insular. Yeah. And to top it all off, you're Asian. Yes. So like, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about being an Asian American dude yeah, you trying know, to be an actor. I have other I have a very small group of other Asian actor friends, and mm-hmm. I say this all the time. I'm like, whoa, we are trying to break in because the Asian actors make up the smallest part of the actor pool. Yes. In media, yes. cinema, maybe like one. Literally less than one yeah, percent. I actually read some stats on it a couple months ago. Less than one percent. Right, especially yeah. on stage in Broadway in New York, it's like less oh. than. One percent for Asian actors. Fucking awful. So not only is this the hardest business to break into, Mm -hmm. I'm literally trying to come in from the hardest aspect of the hardest business. Yeah. What the fuck am I doing? (laughs) I have no idea. Is that what your parents say? I say that my parents are super supportive, especially because I'm Korean. So it's like I should have been a doctor or a lawyer. Absolutely. And they knew early on they were like bank was like third choice. Right, right, right. Exactly. I was was always disappointing them from the beginning. So I I might as well go full force and just disappoint them all the way. Um. Sorry, Mom and Dad. But yeah, but uh, they've been super supportive, and um, they see that I'm booking. They see me in these commercials. They see that I'm doing stuff, and they're like, they, they love telling their friends, their church friends. Because again, I'm yes. Korean, so they, my parents always go to church. Everything. Uh, <laughs> church. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. Again, we, you included, we are in the hardest aspect of the hardest business, and we are trying to really just break in. You yeah. Know? So yeah. It's, if you just think of it in those terms. It can be extremely overwhelming. Absolutely. Um, because, when you do the math, like yeah. when you do the literal math, right, the odds right. are never in your favor. Absolutely. Ever, not. ever, ever. Absolutely so when not. did you, okay, <clears throat> so from the time that you left your very safe, comfy day job mm-hmm. to your first booking, yeah. how how much time was that? That was, oh my gosh, I think within just like a few weeks, actually. Fuck you. Yeah, are it was you a few serious? weeks. Yeah, it was for the... Um, <laughs> What was it, the Fringe Festival? It was mm-hmm. one of those Fringe Festival. I'm, I forgot what it Something. was now. Yeah, um, but there was a role. They were looking for an Asian male lead mm-hmm. who was like a law student, but then he falls in love with this girl. It was like a very interesting story, and I was sure. like, "Oh my god, this is perfect!" And I saw the breakdown at like one o'clock in the morning. Okay, and I immediately submitted. I wrote this long cover letter, which I don't even do anymore because I don't know if cover letters even work. But I wrote this long cover letter. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, I this is I just jumped out of my bed. I saw this, and I think I'd be perfect for it. Um, and yeah, I sent the self tape and then I booked it and then it's really just been kind of snowballing ever since then. And then I booked a couple other things the end of that year too. Wow. Uh, my first commercial like the next month. Oh my and, God. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so God. It happened like that. And then, um, 
Last year was relatively well for me. I got representation and everything last year. I booked a bunch of things. So you did almost a full year of booking on your own with no representation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah, and I didn't. That was another daunting thing, too, you know, for actors. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, you're just flung into the deep end with no floaties. Like, there's no, and people are just standing on the side of the pool, like, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, everyone has, like, all these advice, and it's like, sometimes they contradict each other, and it's like. Oh, of course. Well, because that's the thing, is, like, people come into this industry, and they want a formula. Yeah. They want a formula for success. Every single class Mm -hmm. I have ever been in with a casting director or an Mm -hmm. industry vet, everybody's like, so what is your favorite thing that actors do? What is your actor pet yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop asking those fucking Same questions ones. because there is no formula right, for it. Right. Show up prepared. Don't suck. Right. Be generally talented right. and be a good human. And if you're supposed to get the job, you're going to get the job. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I was actually talking about this earlier today um, about actors of color and kind of the, the odds that we are constantly up against. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the external work that comes with just being generally prepared and like doing your job well and communicating well and being responsible um, as an artist. But also, you know, the extra external work for performers of color Mm -hmm. where we have to go many extra miles to convince people that we are castable in roles other than your stereotypical prostitute, nerdy best friend, you know, like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And... I think one of the things that I have come to respect so much about you is that every time I see you in work mode, mm-hmm. like I see you doing a self tape, you go to a class, like whatever, you are so on top of your shit. Like it's Im- it's immediately apparent that you are such a smart actor, but you don't just rest on being naturally smart yeah. and, and your instincts, yeah. which a lot of, especially people that are as technically new to the business as you are, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people are like, well, I'm talented and I'm smart, so like that should be enough. Yeah. Like. You really seem like you put in the work to do a lot of research. You are incredibly thoughtful. Um, you're Thank incredibly you. conscientious of the things that happen on your periphery. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I feel like that has got to do nothing but be a blessing for the people that, A, get to work with you, but mm-hmm. the people that extend themselves to hire you because yeah. you're just making them look good. Yeah. And one of the biggest, most disappointing things that I have found amongst actors of color in the theater world mm-hmm. um, is that everybody will complain about not seeing themselves represented on stage yeah. or on screen. Everybody will complain about being passed over for the white person mm-hmm. for the role. Um, everybody will complain about not being heard, not being listened to. And they will show up to rehearsal or an audition unprepared. Mm-hmm. They will show up late. Yeah. They will be lazy. Yeah. They will not have done the research on the show, on anything that they can get their hands on. Right. And then they'll turn around and piss and moan because they're not <clears throat> booking. Yeah. And for me, it's extra disappointing because high tides raise all ships, mm-hmm. right? Like you doing well as a Korean man yeah. on screen. That has such a ripple effect for representation for Asian men in in every facet Definitely. of the industry because yeah. that's aspirational, right? Totally. People are like, well, he's doing that and he's doing it well. That means I can too. I need yeah. to show up and do the work. But the inverse does the same. Mm-hmm. And it takes so little to trigger distrust yeah. amongst casting directors yeah. and amongst agents. And these people all have these intersectional relationships. Yeah. And we don't have the extra runway to fuck up. Mm-hmm. So when actors of color fuck up, you're fucking it up for all of us. (laughs) You're making yourself and all of us look stupid. Definitely. And I just, 
there's there's a small group of actors of color that I just watch how they move through space and how they navigate the industry so intelligently mm -hmm. and so just thoughtfully and and on top of just being good people yeah and you've got all of that Aww, which is wonderful yeah. so I mean like weaponize that shit right. you know what I mean <laughs> um, so what Going off of that, what are some of the things that you found in your life, especially coming from a lifestyle that wasn't always completely artistically driven, mm -hmm. what are things in your life that you've found that continue to kind of propel that growth forward? Yeah. I honestly, I feel like I have nothing else. And it's like, I feel like I'm too young to be saying such like a, a finalized response, but it's mm -hmm. like... I don't focus my time on anything else, you know? It's mm. like, I don't, like, look what you were saying with, like, you're in a committed who, relationship yeah. with your career. Right, who, yes. exactly. Yes. And it's like, you see these actors, especially when you follow actors on social media and stuff, yeah. like, people are always, you know, they're going out, they're partying. Uh -huh. I have actor friends who always be like, hey, what's going on tonight? Let's go out, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. And then the whole year goes by, and they haven't booked a damn thing. And it's like, well, did you put in any work? You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't want to. I, I try to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. And I try not to get into these pitfalls yes. of like, because this lifestyle, it takes 110% of your time and attention, you Absolutely. know? And it's like, you have to be obsessed with it, especially mm. if you're a person of color, because nobody else will do this for you. You, you know have to mean? be obsessed with it. Yes. I kind of love that. Yes. And it's like, I've learned that and it's worked for me, you know, but sometimes it's like, I go to these auditions and people will be like, oh, so tell me about yourself. What do you do? And it's like, you're always told, oh, talk about something other than acting. And it's mm -hmm. like, I don't have anything else. I don't, mm -hmm. do, you know what I mean? Like, I just. But you have had something else. It's not, because there are people that don't have anything else. Yeah. And they are one dimensional. Like, what did you go to school for? Uh, business. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah which, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. But there are people that, you know, come out of a conservatory program or come mm -hmm. out of NYU or Columbia or Juilliard or whatever and their entire life and existence and identity has been built around the arts yeah. that is not a bad thing yeah that's not a bad thing at all yeah. it is a place of privilege and I hope they cherish it and love it and are yeah. grateful for it every day and do the work however we all know people that their entire life exists for the arts mm -hmm. but their identity and yeah. how they perceive their own value yeah. is tied up in how many callbacks they get, how many things they booked. Right. And <clears throat> again, going back to the numbers, um, because we're Asian and math. Um, <laughs> totally. Going back to the numbers, when the odds are that stacked against you, yeah. you have to have something else that you love or you have to have come from something else that has given you life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like these kids that were raised on these theatrical summer camps and now mm -hmm. all they want to do is like go on tour and be on Broadway and like those are those are great uh, dreams and they are I valid. I didn't grow up that way, yeah. up that way either. <laughs> and like I grew up as a very artistic kid yeah. but like um you know I did other stuff and I had other loves like mm -hmm. I'm in hospitality and I'm very very lucky to be in the position that I am in hospitality because that's yeah. another life and that's another experience, yeah. you know? Um, I would have totally thought you were in the theater camps when you were growing up. I don't know why I thought that. My you. mom sabotaged my childhood, okay. so I didn't get a lot of like, <laughs> you know what I did do though is I was I was a total band geek, so I was in marching okay. band in high school. Okay, it was something. So we had band right. camp for sure. Okay. Do you want to know how much of a band geek I was? <laughs> Tell me. Going into my senior year of high school, so my first two years of high school, I marched with the drum line mm -hmm. in marching band, which was like the coolest thing ever. I had so much BDE. It was great. That's awesome. And like this tiny little freshman. <laughs> great. I'm so cool. So junior and senior year, um, I got promoted to drum major. Okay. So I was like field commander and yeah, conducting this 150 deal. band. It was yeah. amazing. Um, 
then, so my senior year, they sent us, my school sent us to this like super elite training camp mm-hmm. for high school drum majors. Mm-hmm. Like, great. So I go and I got the Golden Whistle Award. Oh. And was named one of the top four drum majors in the country. That is so awesome. that wow. is that is how right. much of a fucking band geek I right. was. <laughs> I will never apologize for that. Oh my the point God, being, awesome. have a life outside of the arts. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's kind of fascinating because yeah. do you do you find that since you are obsessed mm-hmm. with this life, you are one hundred and ten percent dedicated to your own trajectory. Yeah. Do you find uh, a difficulty in separating what you can take personally and what you should not take personally about this? Because this is a very personal business. Uh wow, that. You know what? Early coffee's on, kicking in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously, <laughs> wow. Uh, early on, I felt like I was way more. Um, I was not willing to do anything that could be even construed slightly as racially offensive. I was mm-hmm. so adamant about that. In like the, the caricature yes, kind of behavior. Yes, yeah. I was. I was so. I think I've actually calmed down more certain times now. Okay. And but it was like when I first started, I was very adamant. I was like, no. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had that feeling a little too early on in my career because when you're starting out, you got to kind of do what comes your way. You know what I mean? Like a lot of actors. Sure. I feel like, you know what I mean? Because it's like you want to get that experience. Sure. But early on, even like the first couple things that were offered to me or I auditioned mm-hmm. for, they were like, oh, can you do an accent? I'd be like, no, I'm not doing an accent. And I was like, so, and they were like, oh, okay, you don't have to. And like now in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, well, it was kind of, it, it pertained to the story to have an accent, you know what I mean? It wasn't sure. just because, you know? Sure. So now I think of it more rationally in that way. I'm like, is this just to be an Asian person or right. does it make sense to the story to right. have this accent? Right. So I'm more, um, uh, I have more of an understanding of what to say no to. Yeah. But um, but the fact that you were willing to stand up and say no to yeah. that without sacrificing yourself to this sense of, if I say no to this, I'll never work. Yeah. Because that's the mistake a lot of actors make. I know a lot of Asian actors that yeah. have just kind of crumpled under pressure in an audition room, and they do your stereotypical, very offensive Asian accent yeah. because yeah. The, the director or the producers are like, well, the show calls for it. Right, right, but right. But fucking how? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Am I, is it furthering the plot, yeah. or is it like a linguistic dance break? Totally. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I personally, I refuse to do accents. Yeah. I've done an accent once and yeah. it was like you said it was in greater service to the text right. and that was the one and only time I've ever done an accent so yeah. far but I think I actually am kind of impressed that you would be so new and be like no I'm good yeah thanks so much yeah yeah definitely <laughs> you want a Jersey like, accent right right yeah like, I can do this I can do a Brooklyn accent yeah. and it's like you know but it's like yeah early on and even now I've yet to do an accent and um mm. I, I try to stay away from those things you yeah. know what I mean and yeah. it's like I told like my reps early on it's like look this is a very specific day and age especially with social media mm-hmm. things you know what I mean it's like there's communities of people who look at these things and choices that we make and say you know what we're not okay with that yeah. you know what I mean like people speak up now and I think this is a great time to be in this industry um, so yeah, personal feelings. Like I, just, the, what I was just telling you about this this play that I was doing. You know, there yeah. were certain things that I was not okay with yeah. with the writing because it, it started to fall into the st- these old tropes about like yeah. Asian characters. And I was like, you know, yeah, what? I'm yeah. not okay with this. I'm not okay with that. And I'm not gonna say this. And luckily, they changed the stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because they're like, okay, we see your point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like you really do have to speak up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you have to learn to choose your battles too. You mm-hmm. know, and it's just like. It's so tough. What so what tough. situations have you been in where you 
Let me simplify the question. I'm making things preemptively more difficult in my brain. Okay, let's hit the reset button. It's not easy. You know why? It's not easy. That's why. Um, Have you ever been in a situation in an audition where it just felt so inherently racist that even with the attraction of the project, you couldn't bring yourself to... No, to just do no, it. that's no. great. And I feel very fortunate that I have yeah. yet to do anything like that. Yeah, you know I mean? because I probably would have said something that would have made people like, "Whoa," you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like again, I like to just try to avoid these situations if possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of older actors, Asian actors that I know, or just actors of color, mm-hmm. I know they've all experienced that at some point yeah. in their career. You know what I yeah. mean? So I know it's coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know it's coming. I don't know. Or if maybe you've it's not. It. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Yeah. I've experienced. I mean, mm-hmm. I haven't. I've only had a couple people ask me for accents, mm-hmm. but it's more what I have gotten has been more like, oh, you're not quite Asian enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're you're a little too ethnic. Right, right, right. You're a little too yeah, they right. and they will they will now start to mask it with, well, she's a little too edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry. Edgy. I'm a classically trained <laughs> soprano and right, I right. play flute right. and I can act my face <laughs> off. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> I, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't deal. So, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, what do you find to be difficult about being an Asian actor? Right. Especially because it's. I think the the Asian community, um, artistic community, is unique in that. Maybe not unique, but we have a very specific struggle mm-hmm. in that Asian men mm-hmm. are treated badly in very different ways than Asian women are treated yeah, yeah. badly. So, like, what what are the things that you fight against? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the times even now I look at breakdowns and it'll say, like, an Asian role and it'll still have the words, like, geek or nerd. Yeah. And it's like, come on. It's yeah. 2019. Why are we still playing off these old... Like, even today, by today's standards, I feel like... American audiences in watching a movie, they find nothing funnier than like two non-Asian characters running onto a tour bus full of Japanese tourists who don't speak English. Yeah. And like to them, that's like the funniest thing ever. I'm like, why are we still laughing at these things? You know right. what I mean? Like it's so played out. Right. It's so old. We're spending money um, to laugh at those Yeah, things. exactly. You know what I mean? And even just with this movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. um, Bruce Lee, yeah. you know, one of the most iconic historical actors, figures, you know what I mean, yeah. in, in, in American cinema, his daughter saw it and was like, why was my father reduced to this, like, caricature-like form of himself? Oh, you know what I mean? Fuck. And she I saw the movie, it. right, because Damn it was it. like, it was like Bruce Lee as, like, some, like, mindless, like, cocky windbag, you know, with, like, the thick accent. I mean, he had an accent, but it was like, she said, she's like, I didn't feel comfortable listening to this audience laughing at my father, you know what I mean? Because he wasn't like that. And then Quentin Tarantino said something like, oh, no, that's how he was. And then she was like, you can shut up now. You know what I mean? It's like, you didn't know him. Right. Yeah, she should have said, you can shut up now. You know what I mean? Because it's like, these are these old just ideas that are just dying you know what i mean yeah. so it's like if you try to relive that or like someone like in quentin tarantino's position to to do that it's just like with you're just power sending and back. Platform. yes exactly you know what i mean it's and like the capability of, of breaking down these things absolutely you know yeah and the power of cinema is so incredible because it really informs people about a lot of different ideologies and stuff that it never even would have been introduced to you yeah. know so it's like yeah. representation is very visual and you know it's like um now I feel like it's getting better for mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Asian American males. Yeah. Um, but just when you see these 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 old things still coming into play, it's, it's just such like, a specific type of emasculation. Yeah, yeah. Because like, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I just it it breaks my heart because I know so many talented Asian men yeah. that are 
beautiful. Yeah. Like, be- like, like jacked dudes. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right. They can, like, yeah, they can tap dance and they right. can sing. Yeah. But they're, like, beautiful men yeah. with, like, jawlines that would mm-hmm. cut glass. And they go in for these roles yeah. and they come out shaking their head. And it's like, and they're like, I'm not a geek. Yeah. I'm not a nerd. Yeah. I can stand up for myself. Right. I am a love interest. I am, I have these feelings. I am a leading man. I have yeah. the voice of a leading man. Yeah. And they won't let me play those things. Right. You know, and it's like the Asian women. We're not all prostitutes. Right, right, right. The hooker with the heart. Newsflash, the hooker with the heart. Because you got to save the white guy at the end. Well, we only use our hearts to kill ourselves. Right, right, right. So it's got a a time stamp. Mm -hmm. There is a shelf life Mm -hmm. to the hooker heart. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And it's like like the sassy best friend. And, you know, I have gone in for roles like that where they're like, yeah, just be like a little snarkier, a little sassier. And I'm like, I can dish out the snark. Yeah. But I am smarter than this character. Right. And you know what? Another thing, too, with Asian characters in these TV shows, you always have some kind of like the cool haircut or the blue hair. And it's like, oh, yeah. It's just, it's or just. Or like the mohawk. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would love a fucking mohawk. <clears throat> My agent won't let me do it. That's but fine. It's... Yeah. But that's, it's like, it, it always, if it makes you feel like that you can't just be a human first. It's like yes. you have to be the cool, edgy Asian chick. You know what I mean? You have it's to like, check the boxes for them. Yeah, first. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like, why? Did, why does it have to be? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I just, I'd rather be a human being first than some, some, someone else's idea of what I should be. And Imagine. they don't, even, they don't even look like me. So it's like, how are you going to tell me what I should look like? You mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's crazy. In terms of, I mean, in terms of of Korean culture, I know a little bit about Korean culture. Mm-hmm. Um. And I like what I know of it. I love it. Yeah. Um, you love those pork you... bellies. That's what you love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Korean barbecue. Oh my god! When I was a dude, when I was in Korea a few years ago. <clears throat> oh, you did? Was... I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I did a show. Um, it was part of this gigantic theater festival, That's awesome. and we were in Daegu. Okay. Um, which was stunningly beautiful. Yeah. We were at this massive opera house. It was great. Um, and then I got to spend a couple days in Seoul, which mm-hmm. was also really wonderful. Awesome. I ate like it was my fucking job. Right, right, right. The other thing I discovered <laughs> when I still drank distilled things, the other thing I discovered is your girl can put back a lot of soju. I believe it. Yeah. And not, I will be the happiest <laughs> drunk. Oh my god! I will sing the loudest and best karaoke. Right, right, right. And I will wake up the next morning, 7 a.m., no hangover, like ready to go. Dang. Soju is a magic elixir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's so funny. But yeah, I mean like, culturally, like I had, I had the most amazing time over there yeah. because I also, you know, I was respectful of this culture that I was visiting, this country that I was mm-hmm. visiting. So I like learned a little bit of Korean yeah. to be polite and be respectful. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Listen, pause Pause for an etiquette lesson here, people. If Tell you me. go somewhere that does not speak English as a first language yes. and you are a visitor to that country, don't be a douchebag. It is not their job Pick up to some motherfucking you. phrases. Yeah. You want to go to Asia? Totally. Learn how to say some things that are common right. phrases in the language of the country that you're visiting. I agree. You want to go to Europe? Say some shit in German. Say some shit in French. Be right. a grown-up. This is how you travel. Right. I'm sure all of you listening would not even have this issue. I'm just putting it out there. Anyway, You'd be surprised. So, oh, you'd be surprised. Jesus. <laughs> so, um, in terms of Korean culture mm-hmm. 
Uh, did you like? Did you grow up like heavily influenced by the culture? Your parents? Um, are you are you first gen or are you second gen? I was born here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And my parents are the most Korean people you will ever meet <laughs> yes. in your life. AKA the coolest people. You know what? I'm I'm at a, of an age now where it's like my mindset is so different than mm-hmm. like the first three quarters of my life when mm. I was growing up. My, again, my parents were so hardcore Korean. They're yeah. very proud Koreans. You know what I mean? Like they still, to this day, after living in in America for over thirty years, their their English is still relatively poor. And my grandma's the same. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. And it's She's like, busy and, and I don't fault them for it. No. You know what I mean? As much anymore because it's like you're proud of your culture, and it's like I get it. Um, but when I when I was growing up, it was I was not I did not grow up around people that looked like me. Yeah, I grew up in a very like predominantly white, Same. black area. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like I always was on the offensive, and it's like mm. I grew up with a lot of racism. You know what I mean? Mm. Growing up in these areas, and um, at a young age, my parents were always like trying to like hammer into my brain. You know, like you're Korean, you should be proud of that. You should be learning. You know what I mean? Like all yeah. these things. And when you're growing up, you don't want to hear these things because you just want to fit in with everybody. You know what I mean? So it's like I've rebelled a lot. You don't want to deal with the cafeteria politics. You just want to have your friends. Yes, exactly. It's like... And I know a lot of uh, uh, other my other Asian friends who've dealt with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like young ages, you you develop like these little complexes. Like, mommy, why don't I have yellow hair like all the other boys and girls? You know what I mean? Like, why do I have to look like be different? You know what I mean? No right. one wants to be different at that age. So I rebelled a lot. You know what I mean? Like school, I did not care about. Like I wanted to really be like everything opposite of like these stereotypical like Asian male things in America. Yeah. I learned early on. I'm like, oh, this is how you see me, so I'm gonna be the opposite. So I grew up getting into a lot of trouble really a lot oh my goodness i was i was getting into a lot of trouble with the law i was always fighting like all throughout Patrick. Yeah, yeah yeah i was like so that's what i'm saying my, my life now is vastly different mm-hmm. because it's like i've matured and i've learned like look i don't have to please anybody i don't have to try to fit and like make appease you because you think i'm this way and i should be the other way i don't mm-hmm. think in those terms anymore but when you're young and you're finding yourself <clears throat> You just want to rebel against what's like told that you're supposed to do. Of course, you know what I mean? yeah. Yeah. So yeah. again, um, you know, Koreans traditionally, you know, we're we're doctors, lawyers, business people. You know what I mean? We drive BMWs. Like you're supposed to like. So it's like you stay in your lane. Yeah, in your yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a very so specific it's like, lane. Right. So I again, I got into a lot of trouble, and I, that was also one of the reasons that I didn't start my acting training or anything early on because I was like, oh, that's not cool. I don't want to be some theater geek. I want to be, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be the bad boy and this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got into a lot of trouble. Are you Danny Zuko? Oh my <laughs> goodness! And my par- my poor parents, like, they just wanted what was best for me, and they came from another country to America for a better life, not for them, but for me and my sister. You know what right. I mean? Like. This is why foreign parents come to America. Yes. Just they give everything to their children. Yes. And now I'm trying to give back to them. That's why another reason why I go so hard towards my career and trying to reach some stability and success to be like, you know, all that suffering and hard work you guys did wasn't for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's always in the back of my mind. And that that going on from your earlier question, that is really what fuels me um, a lot of the time. Mm. That's why I'm so obsessed because it's like I don't owe just me. I yeah. owe people, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I owe like my family who really sacrificed, um, and I did nothing but just like dwindle that in the beginning. And, sure, you know what I mean? Like I just want—I was just like it's going in such a wrong direction that now it's like I finally found a good path. And yeah, but it's know. also a path that your your heart has drawn yes. you to, which yes. is that in and of itself is breaking a rule mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. That is very true. I haven't yeah. thought of it like that. That is very true. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm still rebelling. The then. first one's yeah. free. <laughs> 
Like, who needs a therapist? I'll just come here and just talk. I am not and emotionally equipped me, right? to deal with anybody else's problems. <laughs> I can barely handle my own shit. I know. Um, I'm like, my was... emotional shopping cart is full. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. I totally feel you. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of going off of that, because I think that's a really, I think there's a really noble reason to have the drive that you have. Because at the end of the day, we're artists, we're creatives. Yeah. Acting is fucking fun. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Like, you are just playing pretend and jumping in the sandbox with it's other awesome. talented people yeah. and making things and making people feel things. Definitely. Um, and that is that is a gift and that is something that not everybody gets to do and I think as artists we tend to forget that yeah. in the daily grind. Yeah. Like, I'm really tired right now and I have nine or ten voiceover auditions to yeah, record yeah. later tonight after I do another rehearsal That's and insane. after I handle all this stuff. Yeah. But what a fucking blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. Yeah. And I was talking with another friend who was a, a guest on the podcast before and he said, I know people that would pay money to have my problems. Mm-hmm. And when you think about what we really do, we exist to reflect the world around us yeah. and make people feel things and make people think. Yeah. And um, that's just, it's because we're in the thick of it all the time, it is just so much more unique than we yeah. realize yeah. Um, in spite of market saturation, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Um, but I would love to know what about your artist life that you are the most proud of? Ooh, my artist life that I'm most proud of. You can pick 17 things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what, honestly, I did, that's that's just what I care about. It's just being honest to whatever it is that I'm doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't. I feel like when when you first start, you have all these different ideas of what you want to be and what you want to do and yeah. this and that, and you have all these preconceived notions, especially early on. You yes. know what I mean? Because you have no idea how this business works. You have no idea what's in store for you. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna do it like this, and and it's like. Now all I care about in terms of auditioning or doing work is like I just want to be truthful and honest to whatever the story is. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first started taking classes, teachers would be like, okay, well, what's the story? What's the story? And I never understood why the hell they would always ask this. And it's mm-hmm. like the most vital question now. And it's like, oh, I yeah. now see. It's like everything else doesn't matter. Yeah. What the fuck is the story? And like what are – somebody wrote this down. So it's like how can you be honest and tell this story? It doesn't matter about – how cool you look or how your hair looks or like did I look sexy did Mm -hmm. you know what I mean did I come off angry enough it's like what is the story and how can you be honest to this and I feel like just that small thing even now when I go into an audition before when I would go into an audition I wouldn't book I would come out like damn I should have did this I should have did that what the hell went wrong Uh, but now it's like if I feel that I did an honest job I walk out I'm like that was it I did my job now it's time to move on to the next one and I feel like that has been such a relieving um, just, just like figuring this out. To wait off the yeah, shoulders. absolutely. Oh my god, because it has totally. nothing to do with you at the end yes, of the day. Absolutely, it has nothing to do with absolutely. you. Absolutely, for all of that, our egos would have us believe yeah. that we are the end all, be all yeah. of any any given show. Yeah, um, we are a tiny speck in the pile of glitter absolutely. that is a production. Yeah, and <clears throat> that is a relief because you don't want the weight of that responsibility on your shoulders. And like, you know, if you look like 
the producer's ex-boyfriend, right, right, she's right. probably not going to want right. to hire you, <laughs> right. but you go in and you do your job and you do your best yeah, because yeah. it can be that subjective and yeah. we know that it yeah. can be that petty. Um, but yeah, that's a huge relief. Yeah. And I feel like that's just the most, it's, that's, that's all I want. I mean, finances aside, you know, like when you book commercials and stuff, it makes, great. it makes great money. It's like <laughs> that aside, what I've loved the most about the artistry is just being honest to whatever it is that I'm doing. You know what I mean? What is this story? Let me help you tell it. Is this, I think this is what it should be and I'm going to show you and I feel like that is literally all you can do and yeah. just be happy with that yeah. you know? and just stop trying to figure out everything else what does um, on, a, on a daily basis because because this job can be so taxing yeah. and because I know how busy you are in yeah. terms of like between bookings and auditions and all that stuff it's a lot of emotional output yeah. and for artists and creatives the depletion factor yeah. uh, can weigh a little heavier on us so mm -hmm. what do you do for self care um Face masks. Yes. Eye cream. You know, I'm yes. Korean. <laughs> Do you know how many face masks I have in my bathroom right They're, now? They are. They are. See, the Korean skincare. It's yes. Like, I feel like yes. the average, uh, I think I looked this up, the average Korean has like a 12-step program, mm -hmm. like a nightly 12-step program. Yeah. Mine's not nearly as insane Not as to be confused steps. with the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not that one. <laughs> Although some might, that's twenty. That's twenty four steps. Maybe there's some intersectionality. That's a lot. If yeah. you were Korean Jesus. and alcoholic, right, right, you're right. busy. That's like seriously. Just before you fall asleep, that's just way too many fucking steps to do. So yeah, seriously. But um, you know, going to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that. I'm a very active person. Yeah. I feel like I person, I can't go more than like two days without doing some type of physical activity. Totally. Uh, I just bought an electric bike. Nice. Uh, yeah. I ju it just came in yesterday. So Good I'm for you. It's like Christmas. Yeah. I feel like a little kid. But again. you're not moving. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. No, it's, it's an electric bike, so it just it like you pedal. And oh, it's not it a stationary bike. No, no, this is like oh. I'm like a little kid on a moped. Like, That's hey, fun. girl, you trying to ride on my handlebars? Yes. Like, yeah, like you want to sit in my right? <laughs> so I got my pegs. Hey, girl. <laughs> so that and um, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like you've spoken to other people who have a lot of other outlets and I need to listen to that episode because I need to find some more outlets you know because... I mean I think it depends on the need right yeah you know yeah. like and it also depends on the type of personality that you have yeah. and we each have batteries that need to be recharged mm -hmm. but each of our batteries operates on a different frequency yeah um, that actually doesn't make any sense because electric currents and batteries okay anyways <laughs> not a science Asian yeah. either I'm, I'm not art this Asian is why we're this, this is, is why, why we're actors, actors. <laughs> yeah we don't do math I, yeah. I could not I, this is I could not even pass uh, pre-calculus in college without crying like a little girl every single night. I would have breakdown. I'm like, I can't do this, man. Little I girls can't cry do this. elegantly. Yeah, little girls cry no, elegantly. Well then I, I didn't, but other little no, girls. No, this did. was like the ugly snot crying. I'm like, I can't do that. I would have emotional breakdowns. Oh my god. And my teacher in college, my pre-calculus teacher, he was an Asian dude. He was younger than me. He was like five six, 130 pounds. I was fucking scared to death of this man. You know what I <laughs> mean? And I'm just like, I can't do this. And that was another reason why I'm just like. Yeah, I me, feel like this is not for me. Yeah, let me go yeah. in a direction where it's like this is I don't have to deal with this, mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Let me just I'll pretend to be other people because yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't because it's just that. more fun. Yeah. I'm sorry. Totally. Like you can't take calculus with mm -hmm. you when you die. <laughs> you're not gonna use it anyway. You're not gonna use it anyway. Of the listeners, but you're never gonna use that shit. So. And you know what's not included mm -hmm. in self care? What's that? Calculus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Literally, yes. Not. Yeah, I mean, I. 
the the self-care thing i also think it varies from day to day yeah you know like there is no good day without an inverse bad day yeah you know and sometimes you get a cluster of really bad days and sometimes you get a cluster of really good days yeah but it's you know it's it's all different and i think with self-care especially as artists it is so so important to figure out what that language is yeah because it is a singular language that you speak with yourself right and yourself only yeah because how can you give fully 110% to your art, to your craft, if you yourself are not getting 110% from whatever that needs to be. You know what I mean? Whether it's, I must meditate twice a day, I must sleep eight hours a night, I must eat only green vegetables, you know, I need a pint of ice cream every day. <laughs> now, now for me, it's it's fried chicken and tortilla chips. That's mm. what I can't live without. Do you put anything either. on the tortilla chips? I can. I love tortilla chips so much. I can just eat them plain. I mean, dips are great, That's guacamole weird. salsa. But it's like this is how much I love tortilla it's chips. Very strange. Yeah, and fried chicken because I love fried yeah, chicken. There you go. I love right. fried chicken. Yeah, this is, are you talking about like my Southern American fried chicken or are you talking about like Korean fried chicken? I don't care. It's okay. gotta have the bone in though. None of that chicken fingers That's bullshit. Nasty. Yeah, it's That's like nasty. If you're picking boneless chicken, fried chicken, or I with the bone. Pick boneless. There, you'll pick boneless. I can't do dark meat. I've tried. Really? There's something. Okay, dark meat, chicken, tomatoes, and avocado. Okay. The texture of them all makes me feel like so, I'm gonna throw up. It's very uh, strange. So you're a con- like a consistency person. I am like very much a consistency okay. person. Gotcha. Yeah. I've tried. I've done my best. Rice pudding. I love rice pudding. See, actually, I just like pudding. Weird. Yeah. That's me. I'm just like. You yeah. like tapioca pudding? It's okay. You like bubble tea? Bubble tea is great. Okay, I was like, don't fuck this up because I'm going to take your Asian card. I'm about to end this conversation now because he said he doesn't like bubble tea. Yeah, this has been great. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Get out. Um, Okay, last question. If you could tell your 10-year-old self Mm -hmm. anything, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Don't stop trying to please other people. Just be polite and just take your own route and stop trying to look so cool all the time. What does it's cool okay. look like? I mean... Toxic masculinity? Yeah, I mean, toxic masculinity, <laughs> that was a part of it. I mean, this is, we're talking back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, so much toxic masculinity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, this is, With, like, like the bleach blonde frosted oh tips, Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cringe just thinking about it. I never, I never <laughs> dyed my hair, though, but, um, <laughs> but just, like, not even that. Just, like, just stop trying to please other people. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. be kind and just kind of like just get involved in things. Mm-hmm. Get involved in things. Don't be scared. Don't be like, oh, I'm too cool for this. I'm too cool for that. You know what I mean? Because I feel like especially in the 90s, it was like that that era, like the skater boys. Like, oh, I'm too cool for this. I'm too cool for yeah. that. I don't want to, you know what I mean? And it's like... We're all broken inside. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like... And it's like there are other people like you. So if you all just become friends and like you can find, you know what I mean, ways to kind of, uh, you know what I mean, flourish that way. Yeah. So it's like... It's okay. And it's okay not to have all the answers all the time. Mm. You know? I love that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking some time Jim out of your Jim, busy you. life to yes. be on Team Friend. This has been awesome. Um, if people want to keep up with you on the socials, yes. where can they find you? My Instagram is Asian Zach Morris. Wait, Asian. can we pause for a second? <laughs> where in sweet baby Jesus chamber did that come from? You know from? what? I'm just a huge, like, I grew up on sitcoms. Okay. I grew up on sitcoms like like Saved by the Bell, Fresh Prince, uh, Growing Pains, Full House. Classics. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic TV. So it's like, that's another thing I feel like doesn't exist anymore so mm-hmm. it's like yeah um or we've got new classics now that's true you know and it's like yeah stuff so fresh off the boat black yes that's like exactly. the new <clears throat> the new stuff and hopefully we will be a part of that and very you know, soon just a piece of nostalgia i'm a big i'm a big nostalgia guy you okay. know things that remind me of my childhood um Aww. yeah i like that yeah so. okay so 
Patrick Chang, thank you yes. so, so much. Thank you um, so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you feel like tracking my shenanigans, I am on the Instagrams at the Joanna C. And uh, we will catch you guys later. Please do. Bye. Yes, laters.